Well, thank you again, members of the committee. Uh, my name is Ray Long. I'm the Vice President of Government Affairs for NRG Energy. We're a Fortune 500 energy company, as uh, one of the previous um, folks who testified mentioned. Um, we're, our national headquarters is right up the road on Route 1. You might have seen the building when you've driven down Route 1 on the, um, on the uh, southbound side. Um, before. Uh, we've been here for about 14 years. We moved the headquarters here from Minneapolis um, back in uh, 2004 and uh, happy to be here. Most of our employees are from New Jersey. Um, our entire executive team lives here in the state. Um, I've testified, I testified on the hearing at the beginning of December. My CEO testified at the hearing on December 20th. Um, I'm going to try to avoid most of those comments and just talk a little bit about um, today and respond to some of the things that came up. But I think it's important to set the table here. So NRG, along with uh, a number of the other independent power producers that you've heard from here today, um, are competitors in the PJM marketplace. You just heard from PJM, you heard from Glenn Thomas, you heard from some of the other folks um, earlier. What that essentially means is the, the power plants that we own, and nationally, um, again, we're a Fortune 500 company, we own um, just about every generation technology there is. So we own nuclear, we own coal, we own oil, we own natural gas. Um, we're one of the largest owners and operators and developers of both solar and wind in the United States, and we have a, a growing energy storage business. Um, so we've, we've got it all. We are not anti any one particular technology. Um, but having all of those and operating them very well, I think we have a unique perspective on this issue. And as it relates to either a zero emission credit or a nuclear certificate that was proposed before, the effect on giving one competitor, in this case the nuclear plants owned by PSEG and Exelon, a, would it tantamounts to an out-of-market subsidy? Again, I'm not taking a position on your motivations for doing it. I'm talking about the impact of the markets is tantamount to giving them an unfair advantage in the marketplace. In other words, it, giving them a credit or a ZEC gives them an advantage above every other participant in the marketplace, including my company. So putting it in very blunt terms, it creates one winner, the nuclear plant owners, and everybody else who participates that doesn't get that study loses. And that includes folks like us that have made operational changes to our fleet in PJM and elsewhere in order to reduce costs and increase efficiencies in the operation of our plants in order to be more competitive in the market against some of the trends that are going on that were highlighted earlier. So we're all dealing with the trend of shale gas and the downward pressure that that gas had put on our operational fleet as a whole. Um, we're all dealing with the trend of more renewable proliferation um, in the marketplace in the impact that that's having on pricing and squeezing out other generators. The difference here, quite frankly, is we haven't come to anybody and said, give us a subsidy, a ZEC, a nuclear credit, a coal credit, or anything else to that advantage. We're not expecting it. We're making the operational changes that we need to in order to be more competitive, or we're closing the uncompetitive plants and making room for other things, or we're going out and investing in more competitive technologies. So these are the newer technologies. These are the um, we'll call it the Apple iPhone. We're getting rid of the old dial-up phones that we had before and we're placing it with new technologies. We're not coming to you and saying, oh, you know what, we really like our dial-up phone 
and we want you to continue to subsidize that going forward so that we don't need to invest in anything new. So there's a whole bunch of things that I just said there, but, but the thing that I want you to think about as you look at this is, and I testified this before, is as you look at what PSEG and Exelon have proposed, you're, you're drawing a couple of premises, Mr. Chairman, in, in the statement that you made earlier about, hey, you know, look, we've made our policy decision as, NR, as, um, as the state of New Jersey, at least as the Senate goes, that you want cleaner air for New, Jer for New Jersey. And, and we get that and we agree with it. NRG, as a company, has one of the most aggressive corporate carbon reduction goals out of anybody in the industry, and that's reduce our carbon footprint by 50% by 2030 and 90% by 2050. And we're on our way now to hitting that 50% goal um, at least a decade earlier than we thought we were going to be able to. So I'm right there with you. But here, based on the facts that we've got today, here are the two, the two premises that you're making in, in reaching that conclusion. The first one is you're taking PSEG and Exelon's word for it that they're in a bad place, or if they're not today, that they're going to be shortly. And that's a mistake. And it's a mistake based on the, the same accusations being made in the other states, like New York, like Illinois, like Connecticut. And the most glaring example that we've seen so far is in Connecticut. I disagree with Mr. Rizzo. I've personally represented my company in the Connecticut case. Um, the legislate, it, what Connecticut did is substantially different from what you're doing in here in New Jersey. Connecticut legislature for two years in a row rejected outright the proposal of Dominion for the Millstone plant. And it took an action of the governor who said to Dominion three separate times, prove it, prove that you need it and I'll be there for you. And he had by executive order to do a study to move that forward. And the legislature then codified the study. What came out of that study um, through an analysis that was done by a separate um, economic development firm was that that plant is profitable through 2035. The, the material, the confidential material that the utility, that the nuclear owner provided to the state, which none of us have seen, didn't yield one change in how the legislature, or rather how the executive branch is dealing with that. They're looking at now doing solicitations for renewable energy. They may, they may wind up entertaining a bid from the nuclear plants. That remains to be seen. But the point here is you can't take what they're saying at face value. There are many... You do, you do understand we don't take it at face value. We've, we've set up a mechanism where the Board of Public Utilities gets to see any information that public service has and to ask for more, and they have to independently come up with a conclusion that the subsidy is needed to keep the plants in operation. So we're not giving this subsidy. They have to prove to an independent body set up by the state of New Jersey to protect the ratepayers as well as make sure there's uh, sufficient energy for the state. They have to prove to them that they, they do have those financial problems. I don't see what's different. I do. You're putting the cart before the horse. What you should be doing is to do what the other states did. Every one of those other states that I've heard other people relying on as precedent here today studied these issues for at least a couple of years before the legislature or the executive branch took the action that you're looking to take today in establishing a, um, a zero emission credit program. 
In fact, in New York, there has been substantial pushback by legislators, particularly on Long Island, about the costs that those, um, uh, that those um, ratepayers are now paying as a result of that program. And in Illinois, um, we understand that there may be a bill this year to repeal the zero emission program because of the cost that Southern Illinois um, constituents are likely to wind up paying on it. So there's some serious buyer's remorse going on in some of these states, even where those studies have been done. And Mr. Chairman, don't get me wrong. I understand where you're at. I've been through, I've been down, been through this rodeo before. All I'm suggesting is the same thing that I suggested two additional times in the month of December, which is there are way too many issues here outstanding. This should be studied. It should be studied by professionals, by economic firms that are hired by the state before the state of New Jersey takes the, um, the, the step of actually codifying a program like this and sending the signal to the rest of the world that you will put, you will, and you are willing to subsidize a company that comes in and tells you, oh, I need the money, and therefore we're here for you. I, I, I had many other points that I was going to make, but I'm just going to wrap up. I, I listened with much interest when Mr. Izzo was up here earlier, and he used the example when talking about how businesses look at things about the supermarket industry. And if there was a company that owned 500 supermarkets and 490 of them were profitable and 90 were, were not profitable, that you would take those 10 that are not profitable and make the business decision to close them. But that's not what's going on here. If PSEG owned those supermarkets, they wouldn't close the unprofitable ones. They would be here asking you to subsidize them, to give them a market advantage for those 10 over every other supermarket that they're competing against. And that's the problem with this bill, and that's why I say you're putting the cart before the horse. And I disagree because the advantages of nuclear, carbonless electricity, the health to the people of the state of New Jersey, so we're not buying coal-based electricity out of Pennsylvania and other places, and then getting their dirty air in this state, is a public safety, public health concern. And on the supermarket example, which I think has absolutely very little relevance to the discussion, mm -hmm. that's that is a pri that's a not a utility. It's not where a monopoly has been granted. It's a private corporation that's set up a whole bunch of uh, profit-generating centers, and all the companies I know get rid of the, the non-profit-generating centers. And then they get a higher stock price on the on the Wall Street. But the moral of the story, it's not all that applicable. It's not apples and apples. It's apples and kiwis at this point. Mr. But I'm going to give I'm going to give Mr. Izzo a chance at the end of this to do a rebuttal to that. And then you guys can do point counterpoint in front of Senator Sarlo. I, ju I just I just want to make one additional point, Senator Smith, and that is to, to back it back at you at your point. We are, we are in a competitive market right now, and they are asking for a subsidy to those plants that they say can't compete. And in this market that we're in right now, which is a very comprehensive market, there is already a system in place that if they were in that dire strait, that they could go. They could explain to the market why they it, lay out their books, and at the end of the day, they could get a contract if what they say is true and they're needed for reliability and that they're that important. They have not done that. And the, and the important thing for legislators and regulators in New Jersey is if PSEG and Exelon avail themselves of that process, 
then the subsidy, the contract that they would get would be socialized among all of the people who benefit from the power that's generated from the plant, not just the New Jersey rate payers. Why on earth wouldn't you say back to them, go talk to PJM and use the market mechanism that you already agreed to, and then if you can't get any love, then come back and talk to us. Those are the rules that they agreed to play by, and instead they've come here and they've used their employees and the jobs that they have in this state to attempt to get a political outcome from you, and that's why we're here. Appreciate the comments.